0: Again with Borderlands Cooperative.
1: Join us for critical conversations about things that matter.
0: Every Friday at 10 a.m. on 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM on your dial.
1: Welcome to Think Again, presented to you by Borderlands Cooperative. We have been around for 25 years trying to create positive social change. I'm Jacques Poulet.
0: And I'm Jennifer Burrell.
1: We are sharing our thoughts with you listeners for the 185th time today. Mm-hmm. And today we're talking about the social malaises and illnesses that capitalism generates and profits from. Mm-hmm. Talking about exclusion and discrimination last week, we mentioned how the capitalist system we inhabit offers all sorts of commercial remedies and panaceas for the social malaises that those capitalist systems create in the first place. So while we may be suffering from the abuses and exploitation of the system...
0: Yeah, or even just the normal workings of the system. mm -hmm,
1: Exactly. There are companies who can sell us the means to numb the effects of those onslaughts or abuses, for example by selling us alcohol or by inviting us to get into the zone and be hooked on poker machines or online gambling like sports betting. Or we can get an instant of temporary high with various products that quickly leave us empty and wanting more.
0: Yeah, then there are the pharmaceutical companies profiting from the supposed cures they offer for dealing with a wide range of personal and social problems like depression uh, and, or all feelings of loneliness while keeping the system intact, of course. And in some cases, they actually create addictions by the products they sell and that they continue to get huge profits from. Yeah.
1: yeah for example, look at Purdue, a company controlled by the Sackler family in the, in the United States. Purdue promoted OxyContin to doctors as a relatively safe analgesic, knowing full well that it was potentially addictive. As a result, thousands of people have died while the Sacklers and their company reaped the profits. Mm. Meanwhile the Sackler family established itself as a beacon of virtue in society through its philanthropy.
0: Mm, Pillars of society.
1: Yeah, That's right. And just as a a reminder, we talked about the profits made by pharmaceutical industries and their owners during the COVID crisis, a crisis that continues quite unabated, but more and more is being ignored while the profits, of course, keep going on.
0: Yeah, that's right. So on the other side we have to ask, what are the social and personal problems being generated by our capital systems? So Jacques and I have been reading a great uh, new book by Gabor Mate, who unpacks some of these problems. The title of the book is Thought-Provoking, The Myth of Normal, and he wrote it with his son Aaron. So Gabor Mate was born in Hungary from Jewish parents, during the Nazi occupation in World War II, uh, eventually fleeing the post-war Stalinist regime and the family eventually settling in Canada. He became a physician and a specialist in child development, trauma, addiction and a range of other afflictions, working in one of the worst suburban areas of Vancouver on Canada's west coast. And a lot of his written work, seminars, writings has been based on this experience. So Gabor Mate's central argument is that we live in a toxic society or culture that causes, actually causes or generates social and personal problems and illnesses. And these have become so widespread that the processes and situations that cause these illnesses and problems and malaises, the situations that cause them have become normal and we see them as normal. Hmm.
1: Mathieu describes how people are feeling stressed, disempowered, traumatized, chronically insecure, lonely, alienated and disconnected, all culminating in psychological and relational problems and physical illnesses.
0: Yeah, and in most instances, the psychological and the physical are interconnected and bound together in a whole mind body system the physical and psychological they're not seen as well they're not separate and single things happening as our medical and specialized professions would usually have it for example abuse and neglect of children affects their whole being their whole mind body being that isn't that's not separated out And the feelings of trauma are reflected in damage to the organism over time. And Mate explains that really well in relation to quite um, a few different pathologies. And um, so the feelings of trauma are reflected in damage to the organism down to the very way that the genes, our genes, are turned on or off, or the DNA in our cells becomes damaged over time.
1: Yeah, so Matthias sees sickness, disease and the lack of well-being as being connected in our different life contexts with horizontal connections happening across living spaces and working contexts or living contexts.
0: Yeah, so contexts like um, family, work, recreation, I guess, organizational mm. settings where we live our lives. The idea being that these settings have an impact on our physical and psychological well-being that, as I say, is bound up together. For example, think about the effect that your work or your family or even local places you go to, think about the effect of those on your well-being, on mm. your health and well-being. Yeah. Yes,
1: and they cross over horizontally but there are also vertical connections that reach from the global and societal processes infused with all the deep power differentials yeah, such such mm. as, yeah. uh, For example, the concentration of corporate power in ever fewer hands, the economic and military power of the US we have so often talked about, mm. and so on, and these global societal processes, they reach into the institutional settings which which organise our daily lives and our experiences.
0: Yeah, like, like when people talk, I guess, about the effects of globalisation on local lives, mm-hmm. yeah. such as... Um, military inroads made into our education and classrooms, which we have talked about, mm-hmm. um, affecting their learnings in the classroom and the curriculum. Mm-hmm. Even. <laughs> yep. or, or the loss of local manufacturing jobs with globalisation or the power of multinational companies that make money from our production and consumption but pay no taxes or at least minimal taxes, so, mm-hmm. so there isn't enough money to go around for social goods like our education and our hospitals.
1: Yeah, indeed, mm. and many of our programs have dealt with these issues like housing, health, welfare. So the global societal processes have effects on us that are physical, psychological and mental and neurological.
0: Yeah, with systems and processes reaching into, right into our health and well-being, even right into our so- psychology and neural pathways from global processes right into our nervous systems. Mm -hmm. And Marte talks about that so well. Uh, It's like with the creation of loneliness and anxiety and the the physical aspects of that in our bodies.
1: And then there are finally also, in addition to the horizontal and and vertical ones we talked about, there are connectivities across time which reach across generations as well, across time into the moments of our conception, our birth, childhood, and across the lifespan and the context in which all of those occur.
0: Mm -hmm. Across time. So Mm -hmm. uh, like the intergenerational trauma experienced by many Aboriginal people that we hear so much about and, and all those efforts to stop that Damage continuing across time. And that applies
1: also to migrants, refugees, who have been ripped out of their local spaces uh, into insecurity and then come into another insecurity in our country, for example, Mm. ending up in Nauru or somewhere. All those interconnectivities and intersections across time making and unmaking what we are and what we are supposed to be according to the myth of normality.
0: Mm. Well... (laughs) I get the point about the effects of systems on people across time and people's health across time, but Jacques, can you explain what you mean when you say those global societal processes make and unmake us according to the myth of normality? And what's... What's the normality you're talking about
1: anyway? Yeah, that's where Gabor Mate's book, The Myth of Normal, really comes into its own. He sees, for example, sickness, disease and the absence of well-being, as I said, as horizontally, vertically connected over time. And therefore, what it really means is that what we learn in in schools is how to behave presumably normally or the way in our our local families or or our nuclear families our workplaces, how we are becoming or forced to become adopted to what is considered normal, but it is actually also very sick-making. Mm.
0: So with, so then talking about connecting across living spaces and contexts, um, you said, he's mm. talking about sickness, disease, um, the absence of well-being as happening across our context where we live, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. And they in, and they shape our lives, exactly, that's what he's saying. And but so
0: there's the onslaughts of capitalism, but it's also mm-hmm. those pressures to mm-hmm. adapt to mm-hmm. serving the system. That's
1: correct, yeah. yeah. And feeling bad when you don't, yeah, or when you're set that you don't. So, yeah,
0: so, so, that. so those spaces are like school, work, mm-hmm. recreation. That's right. Um, across mm-hmm. those spaces, this mm-hmm. is happening, mm-hmm. the pressure to adapt to the normal mm. as well as the effects of mm. capitalism mm. as well as up and down from the global to the intimate shaping of mm. our lives
1: that's right yeah so let that sink in a little bit and we will listen to kev Carmody with pillars of society quite appropriately
2: Society. cruise down the road each day they got the economic wherewithal we can't afford to pay they got them numbered bank accounts the system assures they win they exploit the population we're on the outside looking in them pillars of society drivers like a tool for them that's cool They drive Mercedes-Benz and Porsches, live Rolls-Royce Gillette's lives You can tell they affluent effluent from the status symbols that they drive When you're on the doku, they'll tell you to your face You're a You're on their system, and a blight in the human race Them pillars of society drive us like a tool, for them that's cool Well, they grace the social pages they always make the news at the church on Sunday the crowd in the front pews so there's a hierarchy of dominance with a power at the top and if you think you found the magic key you find they change the law simple as a society drive us like a tool for them that's cool down the freeway on their dotted line. I'd like to make decisions, but they won't allow the time. It says religion is the opium. I say the media is the cocaine. 24 hours of propaganda, drugging my poor brain. Them pillars of society Drivers like a tool for them that's
1: You're listening to Think Again on 3CR Radio, 855 AM on and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. Today we're talking about how living in capitalism results in a great deal of social and personal troubles and problems for all it touches, humans and non-humans, and we're sharing with listeners a book Jen and I (coughs) have been reading recently, The Myth of Normal by Gabor Maté. So, given that we live under the assumed normality of capitalism, its political and economic processes and structures or systems, for example, schooling, media, family life, sport, work, they create and maintain the ideology and the myth of normality.
0: Mm, Shaping us into perfect capitalist subjects.
1: So how does Mathieu translate these political and economic processes into what he calls the toxic normal we inhabit and indeed suffer from? Starting with loneliness. Loneliness has become a major public health crisis. In the UK they even had a minister for it. Mm. We don't really need to explain the insecurities people are feeling with not enough money to live on, then the difficulty for hundreds of thousands of people in Australia finding a stable and affordable place to live and a place that they can call home. And with the gig economy, work has become more uncertain, with poor conditions, employees supposedly becoming their their own private entrepreneurs. In a way, all the issues we have discussed and raised in our Think Again program.
0: Yeah, and Jacques, many of the issues and problems, somehow they work together to the advantage of the moneyed few, as we know. And I think that's a really important point, Mm -hmm. with capitalism being essentially run for the rich. I think that's Gabor Maté's phrase, Mm -hmm. (laughs) capitalism being run for the rich. Mm -hmm. And just as the goods of capitalism are not distributed equally or fairly, Gabor Maté points out that ill health is not distributed equally either. Um, They have not spared the brunt. For example, while the capitalist system generates stress, which has insidious and devastating effects on health over time, the stress is felt disproportionately by those with least economic Mm -hmm. power. And so to quote Matei, There is no equality of opportunity in stress Mm -hmm. any more than there is in economic life. The structure of a society based on power and wealth with built-in disparities along racial and gender lines leaves some people more physiologically burdened than others.
1: Yeah, and in perfect symmetry, closing the exploitation loop of our system, the remedies for all the mind-body illnesses generated by the capitalist system are also then sold to us by the winners in that capitalist system. And you don't just have to listen to us on this. This is what endocrinologist Rob Lastick, who was interviewed by Gabor Maté, has to say. And I quote, we are in a culture in which many major corporations unregulated by governments have deliberately and with utmost ingenuity targeted the brain circuits of pleasure and reward to foster addictive compulsions. Mm. Neuroscience, originally meant to unlock the mysteries of consciousness and the brain, has become an other handmaiden of the profit motive. There is actually a field called neuromarketing. Mm. Their aim is to market happiness in a bottle, or a hamburger, or in a new smartphone, or one of its many apps. In short, these corporations are acting as unscrupulous pushers in the open air, perfectly legal market of mass addiction. Mm. In fact, Neuromarketing involves what is called mind-hacking, to induce mass addictions and undermine free will. And again I quote Combining the expertise of scientists and marketing wizards was undertaken to find the bliss spot, that perfect blend of sugar, salt and fat that would most excite the brain's pleasure centres.
0: Pretty damning stuff. Mm. And all of this closely echoes research uh, Jacques, you and I Mm -hmm, conducted mm -hmm. on problematic gambling and poker machines for quite a few years. So people who are socially marginalised in different intersecting ways are particularly vulnerable to getting hooked on the machines. So, um, for example, new migrants whose first language is not English, people with a disability, people who are lonely or socially isolated people on low incomes, women in primary homemaker roles, women experiencing family violence. Mm -hmm. They're just some of the groups. There's a range of social malaises and disadvantaged situations that poker machines and gaming venues actually capitalise on. But it's not just down to those people's problems, even while those problems are socially generated. Uh, Addiction comes from the machines themselves. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've known from solid research for a very long time that the poker machines and their computerised software are actually designed, they're designed to get people hooked. So people using them in exactly the way they're uh, supposed to Mm -hmm. uh, are very highly likely to get hooked if they're playing on them regularly. So it's, it's not an accident down to individual pathology. The machines, as I say, they're designed to get people gambling for longer and spending more money um, with venues themselves providing a superficially welcoming space for people often seeking a sense of belonging and safety, or just being in the company of other people. Mm-hmm. Um, people with a range of um, socially generated problems are, are offered some escape while they disappear into the zone and lose track of their time and money. And it's a perfect commercial solution to socially generated problems. Well, well, Jacques, it's perfect for <laughs> capitalists making billions of dollars from those who have the least. Mm-hmm. And, and, and incidentally, while the gambling industry defends itself by saying that people should have the choice to gamble in a free market. Poker machine gambling is actually designed so that people lose control of their gambling, which undermines any choice or free will. Mm -hmm. And that's the nature of the addiction and um, the product, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the addiction that the product induces. That's right. And uh, I guess um, just in response to something um, Premier Andrews was asked about, whether he wanted to do something about poker machines, um, as they're doing in New South Wales, mm-hmm. having mandatory pre-commitment of mm-hmm. how much gamblers are going to spend. And he said, oh, no, I'm, I'm not focused on that. I'm focusing on health at the moment. That's right. But um, what what Dan Andrews I think, really does know is poker machines, they actually cause ill health. That's so right. if you want to promote health pull this the, dangerous known dangerous product from the market that's right and
1: probably Dan should read Gabor Maté exactly <laughs> and it's not just Maté and we think we think again who suggests the connections between capitalism and the personal issues we just mentioned like ill health addiction poverty isabel stengers a quantum scientist wrote in 2015 in a book she wrote in catastrophic times resisting the coming barbarism She suggests, capitalism must be understood as a mode of functioning, a machine which fabricates its own necessity, its own actors in every conjuncture and destroys those who haven't been able to saddle up for the new opportunities. She goes on to characterize capitalism as a, and I quote again, a dark power that captures, segments, and redefines always more and more dimensions of what makes up our reality, our lives, our practices in its service. Mm.
0: It's a bit like the matrix shark. Mm. Um, (laughs) Capitalism shapes our reality, (laughs) our lives, Mm -hmm. our consciousness, Mm -hmm. our practices, uh, all in the service of capitalism itself. It's a scary thought. and. I guess, a call for us to always challenge the ways that capitalism is shaping the way we think and interact.
1: That's yeah. right, and f- particularly now with all of the power of the social media and all of that. So, mm-hmm. Mate uses Cabo Maté uses statistics to show that obesity cases escalate as a result of government austerity and laissez-faire policies in neoliberalism. And how stress and lifestyle choices or habits required or stimulated by the system also create and sustain obesity, and as many of us have experienced, without being able to identify the causalities of it, the denial of pro-social values like cooperation. Yeah, exactly, is normalized and made acceptable and the way to be. Just think about the self-centeredness. And narcissism, expected and promoted by our culture. Again, back to the social media, selfies, all of that, and it's demonstrated by powerful and respectable people, who have no care or empathy for the people's lives they are destroying. Yeah. We call them, we call them influencers,
0: mm. and I'd call them um, leaders of the gambling industry. That's right, and military,
1: um, exactly, mm. m-
0: machinery. <laughs> So that brings us back to the topic of a few programs ago, um, how our capitalist system generates and rewards sociopathic behavior. Oh, that was in a few of our first programs, Mm -hmm, actually. That's right. And it's centrally, um, which is centrally characterized by the sociopathy being centrally characterized by a lack of empathy or care for other people and the manipulation of others for one's own advantage. And Marte doesn't, hesitate to include corporations and their owners and executives as sociopaths.
1: Yeah, for example, when he's, when he's talking about sociopathic corporations, Mathieu quotes another scientist, Joel Bacan. as cooperatives, uh, sorry, corporations are usually are legally considered persons. Many are said to, and I quote now, meet the criteria of sociopaths, acting without conscience not caring about what happens to other people as a consequence of their actions having no compulsion to comply with social or legal norms not feeling guilt or remorse mm. unquote. "and governments especially during the last 30 or so years they have become rather like corporations from the from the language they have adopted to the ways in which they deal with the most vulnerable Probably, we don't even need to refer to robo mm-hmm. and all the sociopathic sounding testimony of top bureaucrats and ministers mm, in the Royal Commission.
0: Not caring about the lives they destroy. Absolutely. And, and finally, um, shark. there's churches and religious institutions that have been acting in pretty sociopathic ways too. Mm-hmm. Think about the sexual abuse of children and especially, again, women and look at the very recent reactions to the death and life of Cardinal Pell, who the Royal Commission found enabled child abuse over many, many years to protect the church. Um, And he was being called a saint of our times, which says a lot if he's considered a saint of our times, by a liberal ex-politician whose sociopathic tendencies are certainly still in many of our memories. Yeah, but
1: moving to the end of our Program yeah. Blazer and de la Cadena in 2018, they suggested that, and I quote, capitalism is indeed a type of sorcery spread via exploitative colonial ventures, extractive industrialization schemes, and complex financial instruments that continue to impose death sentences, all in the name of progress, civilization, development, and liberal inclusion, unquote. And that results in mass displacement human and non-human, climate change, and six math extinction of biological life. Finally, Australian philosopher Glenn Albrecht coined the term solastalgia to describe, and I quote, the psychic or existential distress caused by this environmental and cultural change and damage. Albrecht laments the pervasive homogenization of planets, Earths, bio and cultural diversity, something we also have revert, referred to in our last program.
0: And in line with Mate's book we have been talking about, Albrecht refers to Jacques' our
1: mm-hmm. political
0: economic system as hyper-pathological. <laughs> exactly. So on to community announcements. Um, there's a 3CR subscriber drive. It's on from Monday 13 February to 19 February. You can either go online, www.3cr.org.au or subscribe or or forward slash subscribe or phone 94198377.
1: Thanks for listening to Think Again on 3CR Community Radio and supporting our program. If you want to send us a message, you can email borderlands, borders at borderlands.org.au. Our past programs are available on podcast on your favorite platform or via the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au
0: meanwhile you listen to milkmanor by king stingray